believe I can't sleep. It's time to listen to Courtney at last on the ramblings of an insomniac podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 18 of the ramblings of an insomniac. I am Courtney Perry. Hello, howdy. So, I'm sitting on my front porch um, because it is an, uh, it's a great day. I know I always say that I sound like I'm being really corny all the time, but it really is, though. It really is um, kind of a perfect day. I mean, it's cloudy. There are very few patches of blue sky, but it's not very cold out, and there are so so many birds right now that are just um, chatting it up and it just sounds awesome out here. The birds are singing and I've been hearing some, um, I think it's, well, it's not an owl. It's like a pigeon probably, but I'm just hearing bird noises. Um, The frogs were out earlier and some dogs have been barking. So that's what a porch is for, right? Sitting on it and enjoying those sounds. So I thought if I came out, you guys could hear those things in the background. And, you know, that's much better than sitting inside and hearing my dogs bark at me. So at any rate, hello. Um, well, now there's an airplane kind of not photo bombing, uh, video bombing. Anyway, uh, what has been keeping me up as of late? Well, strangely, I'm not going to lie, I've been not sleeping better in the sense that I'm not sleeping any more than like three to four hours. However, I've been sleeping pretty well. When I'm asleep, I'm actually like asleep. It's not a light sleep. It's not a sleep where I'm, I feel like I'm half awake, half asleep kind of thing. And not to get all weird and and share too much or be all you know too personal or anything but I think it's an important thing to talk about so I'm gonna kind of put myself out there and talk about it and because you know um, I think we all know somebody if it's not ourselves or someone else that struggles with anxiety or depression or some type of um, mental um I hate saying mental illness, it sounds odd, but you know, that struggles with anxiety and depression and different things. We all have our struggles and, you know, mental illness is a topic. I think it's really important and I'm not going to get all, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a psychiatrist and I'm not going to get all into it other than to say, I started taking um, Lexapro and I started taking it because um, I have anxiety, like crazy anxiety. I struggle with it really bad. Um, anxiety and ADHD. It's a, it's a very interesting combination. So basically my brain is just always all jacked up and it's so hard for me to just like relax. And, you know, there's very, there are very few things that ever make me feel relaxed. And that's when I am out in nature, like I'm kayaking or, or especially photography I'm taking pictures out in nature or when I'm in a barn and I'm writing, you know, 
horseback riding and just being outside. So that tends to calm my brain down a lot. But other than that, I'm just always going. And so um, now that I have been taking something to help manage that anxiety and manage my ADHD, um, and then that in combination with I've been stretching a lot, going outside and um, making sure that I am breathing, taking in that fresh air and um, just doing a lot of stretching and then exercising. Um, and I'm trying to eat healthier and all that. And again, whatever I'm not preaching, I'm not preaching any of this. I'm saying for me, this is what I've been doing. And because I've been making these changes, I've noticed um, when I'm sleeping at night, it's been a deeper sleep and it's been pretty great. And so, um, so although I'm still being kept up at night and I still have insomnia, I am starting to make some progress. So it's been great, but I still have things keeping me up and, um, but I just wanted to talk about how one of those things is, is just mental illness and struggles that people have. Um, I live near Salem and I'm noticing more and more, um, homeless people. And I always think, how do we manage this? How do we, how do we make this better? How do we make a change so that we don't have to see this, these people not have a home? And, and why don't they have a home? Why are they homeless? What made them become homeless? Was it, was it um, lack of a job? Was it an addiction issue? Was it mental illness? Um, was it all of these things? And then I thought about that. You know, I, it probably is a combination. There are so many factors um, that go into, I'm sure, on, on why someone ends up homeless. And um, I thought, well, how do we manage that? And people always say, well, make more homeless shelters. And okay, you know, that's, we probably need that. But that's kind of after the fact, after someone has became homeless, it's already at that point an issue. So how do we stop it before it's an issue? How do we make it not continue? You know, how do we, you know, it's like plugging a dam after it's, you know, there's a big hole in a dam with a Band-Aid, you know, that saying. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but just trying to plug a hole in a dam um, with a Band-Aid, that's not going to work because eventually it's, you know, sorry, there's a bird. There's a blue jay that is has a lot to say. He's t he seems to know the answer. I'm listening. <laughs> he has a lot to say. So, um. Anyways, there's got to be something done beforehand. And I just thought about a lot of it, I think, is counseling. And um, whether it's, you know, you became homeless because there's an addiction issue. You became homeless because maybe you have issues at home, like your, your parents or family members are not safe, you know, and you felt like you needed to run from an unsafe environment, you know. There are so many factors, but... I feel the one thing that would be uh, everybody would have in common is trying to get some counseling and talk about things, whether it's family counseling or counseling for you personally or both, and that that could probably help a lot. And there aren't a lot of counselors, and the ones there are, it's an insurance issue, and insurance doesn't 
pay for counseling a lot of times. And when it does, you can only go to certain counselors, um, which really stinks because going to a counselor is something that's such a deeply personal thing when you are sitting down and you're sharing such personal things with somebody you want to feel comfortable with them you know you want to make sure that who you're talking to you feel comfortable and safe with so it sucks that you would have to you know only have a select few counselors that you can choose from and I feel um that's a shame, you know, um, counseling is something that I think would really help greatly um, reduce homelessness. That in combination with um, being able to have, um, you know, obviously family is a mom and a dad, you know, and there's just so many dynamics and I won't get into politics and I won't get into any of that stuff, but I just started thinking about it and how much it would be nice if people could have access to a counselor, have access to medications, whether it's holistic or otherwise, whether, um, and then if, if people are religious, if you're religious, you know, um, you could talk to members of your church. If you're not religious, maybe there's a support group, you know, more support groups out there that cater to whatever it is you're struggling with. And so, um, you know, being able to talk about things that are upsetting you and talk to somebody that could help you manage those things and um, deal with them in a healthy, safe way is always going to benefit anybody. Whether you have an addiction issue or whether or not, I mean, you could be the healthiest person in the world, then hey, awesome. So here's some tools to help maintain that, you know. Um, so anyways, that's been on my mind. And how when I started, um, for the longest time, for whatever reason, I was not against medication at all. I want to make that clear. I'm not against medication. But I felt like for me, oh gosh, if I take medication, there's a stigma. People are going to think that I'm a weirdo and oh, she's she's struggling. Or if I take medication, then that means I'm not managing myself well and that, I've, that I'm, how do I explain it? That I, I felt, gosh, I'm just not even capable of taking care of myself and what a, what a loser. How can I not take care of myself? You know, I know the things that I need to do. I know the right things. Why can't I just do them? I felt like a failure. So I felt like if I took medication, it meant that I was a failure. And and again, I want to make it clear, I don't think people that take medication are failures at all. I just felt this for me. And so I thought I'm going to work out, I'm going to meditate, or I'm going to, I can't meditate because I can't keep my mind to stay calm. But I thought I'll just, I'll do all these things. And then I, again, would because I said it out loud and because I made a plan out loud, I never followed through with it. And it just, so I thought, all right, clearly I need something to kickstart me so I will get help in following through. And I tried all these things and tried all these things and it didn't work. So finally I said, all right, definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So I went and talked to my doctor extensively and went through all the pros and cons and different things and we tried one thing first 
uh, for quite a while. I tried it for quite a while so that I had a good baseline. And that made me feel really, it was like Welbutrin. And it just made me feel really angry for some reason. I was getting like aggro angry. It was making me really not a good person. And I really honestly didn't know that that was actually one of the biggest side effects. And I didn't know that. And I told my doctor and he's like, okay, you know, hey, let's try something different. So I tried Lexapro and I've been on that for a while. And it is really, really, I, I'm, it's been good for me. I'm not saying that I'm jumping around, skipping and like, woo, everything is perfect and great. But holy cow, it's weird to not have my brain in this constant state of um, just dis chaos. It's just chaotic up there. And it's nice to feel like I can have a conversation and my brain is not all over the place thinking and worrying about so many things. And at night, I'm not laying there just in this constant state of um, being scared or just anxious. It, it sucks. It's It sucks. It really does. And anxiety is something that people definitely need to take seriously along with depression and anything else, you know. So now I'm just feeling what I imagine a brain that isn't um, feeling like there's a hundred people up there talking at once, you know, like you're in this uh, concert and everyone's trying to talk over the music, you know, like there's loud music and people are trying to have a million people are trying to have a conversation over the music. That's the way that I describe my brain. <laughs> anyway, that has been one of the biggest things that has been, um, again, not really keeping me up, which is a good thing. Just things I've been thinking about, things on my mind. Uh, and the other thing that I've been thinking about um, has been, and I've talked about this before, I believe, but people always say the different things like the early bird gets the worm or stop and smell the roses and there's all these contradictory um, quotes. And I've talked about this before, but... Um, I was thinking about the fact that, again, things are about balance. And that's something that people talk about all the time, you know, balance, balance, balance. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's so hippie or so Buddhist or so Zen. And that's like, well, what's wrong with being calm and, and Zen? Zen is good, right? Because you're calm and balanced. But I get it. It sounds so like, yeah, yeah, it's just a, um, everybody thinks that we all know common sense. But what I was thinking about more was just if you are in a, um, if you're balanced and you're not, sometimes, sometimes it's good. Sorry, I lost my, I lost my train of thought for a moment. <laughs> um, I was thinking how if you are, the early bird gets the worm and how if you're going and going and going in some situations, that is great. You should, you know, try to work fast and, and get things done and be productive and all that. And then there's other times where it's best to stop and smell the roses. And and then I thought, okay. But there are also times when it's good, the slow and steady wins the race. So just find that medium. And I'm like, well, that's silly. So basically you're like, okay, you can be fast. Okay, you can be slow. Okay, you can be middle. All right, so which is it? All of the above, I guess, depends on the situation. And then that got me thinking about how people talk about it's black or white, black or white. And I'm like, man, it seems like I'm so 
pretty much in the middle on everything. And I'm like, does that make me boring? Does that make me indecisive? Does that make me wishy-washy? Because I'm pretty in the middle. I'm not necessarily black and white about everything. Sure, there's a very small, small uh, amount. There's there's a handful of topics that I'm, I guess, black and white on. Um, but the majority of things, I'm I'm pretty gray. I'm in the middle. And then I'm like, God, am I just indecisive and I can't make up my mind? Am I just like, meh? But then I'm like, no, I just feel like I've always kind of been that way. I'm always like, oh, I can see both sides. I can see both sides. I can see where they're coming from. Um, again, now there are certain topics that I am very black and white on. I have definite opinions about and I've researched them and I've gotten the facts and I've gotten perspectives from both sides. I've heard both sides and I've done my research and I've made a decision. But 